What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Hold the Phone podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined today by my co-host, Ryan. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just trying to shake off the rust. Uh, we're slowly making it through the off season, but we're we're getting there. We're, I think we're only got like four months left, so let's grind through it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, obviously, we took a big break, but we're back. The draft happened. It's the best time of the year when football is not happening is draft time, because after that, there's pretty much nothing. Um, <laughs> I feel like it was a really good draft overall, to be honest. Um, but so, I think we talked about it before the show. We're just going to go through our two best drafts, in our opinions, and then our two worst drafts. Um, you want to kind of go back and forth, so like, I'll do one, you do one, or like that? Yeah. All right, great. I'm going to let you start with your best team, if you want. Yeah, um, I think who I'm going to start with, it pains me to say it, just because it's a division rival. Uh, and it's a team I often make fun of because they're actually in New Jersey. But I think Joe Douglas and the Jets, they killed this draft. I think they took the obvious choice at number two with Zach Wilson. You know, they didn't pull any Jets moves where they'd take somebody random that we've never heard of. Um, and I also really like their move in the latter half of the first round. Uh, they had the extra second, the extra first round pick, rather, uh, from the Seahawks trade when they traded Jamal Adams last summer. I think they had, what was it, pick 23 or 24, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Pick. It was pretty late in the draft, but, yeah, it was a good pick. Yeah, they ended up using it to um, trade with Minnesota so they can get a guard slash tackle. I've heard he can play both, but they got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, uh, which, you know, is huge because, you know, like the their big project the last year or two has been, you know, rebuilding that offensive line. So getting a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker who can play – both guard and tackle was huge for them. You know, that was a huge building block next to Mackay Beckton to build around Zach Wilson. I just think it's so funny that, like, they're now, like, putting in all this effort to build around their quarterback when they, like, refuse <laughs> to do that with Sam Darnold. Uh, it's a new regime. Uh, you know, the new yeah. head coach, GM. Yeah, we'll give that the – we'll give Robert Sala the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I also really like what they did on um, days two and three, getting Elijah Moore to add to that wide receiver room. I actually really like – where their receiving core is going. They've got, um, obviously, they've got Denzel Mims, who we didn't get to see a lot of last year due to injury. They still have um, Jameson Crowder, who's an amazing slot corner. He manages to toast us at least once or twice a year. Um, they just signed Corey Davis, and they've also got Elijah Moore now. So I feel like their, their wide receiver room is definitely shaken out to be a, a pretty decent unit. Uh, they also drafted two guys, both from North Carolina, just different schools. <laughs> yep. Both the name Michael Carter. So, I mean, just for style points, I, get, I guess they get points for that. I think, in all seriousness, though, that Michael Carter they got from UNC, I mean, you got, you would know better than anybody. That guy's going to be a really good player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, some people had him going as high as the second round. They thought he was right up there with, um, I cannot think of the other Carolina running back. Javante Williams? Yeah, a lot of people said that they could have went – one and two. So for them to get him in the fourth round, I think is an absolute steal. And a little bit back to what you were saying about the wide receivers. I feel like now this is a little off topic, but Jamison Crowder gets to go back to his natural position, which is in the slot and doesn't have to be the number one guy now. Cause they have Corey Davis. They have Elijah Moore. Well, who's your man? Who's your um, first one? Well, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I'm not going to go with the homer pick to start it off. So I'm going to go with the Los Angeles chargers. I feel like they absolutely killed this draft. 
Um, obviously, they had Rashawn Slater, who just fell in their lap, but that is a huge piece to be able to just protect their man in um, Justin Herbert. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. And then, in the second round, they're going to go ahead and get Asante Samuel Jr., who, if, is he, if he's anything like his dad, is an absolute stud. Um, so I think that fills two really big holes of need that they had. And then, in the third, they picked up Josh Palmer, a wide receiver from Tennessee, and a tight end in the third, which I think really helped. And then, just a little bit of pass rush, they uh, picked up Chris Rump, a outside linebacker slash defensive end from Duke. I think he's going to help out a lot. And then in the later rounds, they just picked up more depth on the offensive line and the defensive positions. I really like what they did. I think they are doing it the right way. They got their quarterback, and now they're building around him, building a solid foundation. And I think it's really going to help them in the long run. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the Chargers were definitely one of my top teams as well. Uh, it hurt that they got Asante Samuel because that's who I, want, who I wanted the Bills to draft. But, you know... I think he's going to do great in Los Angeles. Uh, you hear a lot about teams trying not to draft for need, but trying to draft the best player available. I feel like the Chargers were doing both of those at the same time. You know, they were getting the best player available, but it also happened to be exactly what they needed. They needed Rashawn Slater at 12 or 12 or 13, wherever it was. Yeah. And they needed Asante Samuel in the second round, and they fell. I, I, the I do think that – they got a little lucky with the picks that they did, but when they when the luck happens, they took advantage of it and they jumped right in and took the guys that are going to help this team win right now. Because Absolutely. especially in their division, it's going to be tough. Like that window to win is very small with Patrick Mahomes sitting there. So you got your guy. We got to build around him. So who was your uh, second winner of the draft, if we're going to put it that way? Um, I think, and this is very you know, front-loaded for me. Uh, but I think it was getting, or excuse me, I think it was the Chicago Bears, and that's because they did the most un-Bears-like thing ever. I think that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy absolutely saved their jobs um, by trading up and getting Justin Fields in the first round. I thought that was absolutely huge, especially because after the draft was over, we heard that the Minnesota Vikings were thinking about doing the exact same thing. So yep. the fact that the Bears were able to you know, leapfrog over a division rival to get their quarterback of the future, I think that's absolutely huge because I think that if you roll into week one with Andy Dalton at the quarterback spot, I think that a lot of people would be riding in the streets in Chicago. But the fact that they got their guy is absolutely huge. I was actually texting my friend. You were with me on draft night. I was texting my friend who's a first fan, and he was like, I'm close to tears right now, man, because this is like the closest thing to to a quarterback one that we've had in I don't even know how long. You know what's crazy is – if Justin Fields is what we think he's going to be, he could be the best quarter or the most exciting quarterback that the Bears have had ever. Well, like, I mean, absolutely true. But if you think about all this Aaron Rodgers news in a week or two, maybe a month or two, he could be the best quarterback in that division. Easily. If Rodgers is gone, he becomes, I think I'd put him, I mean, obviously he hasn't played it down in the NFL yet, but I'd put him up there with, I also like what they did. Um, I think that, like you said, it was pretty front-loaded. I think their first two picks, and then I like one of their sixth-rounders. But to get Telvin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, I think was a huge upgrade at tackle for them. And it really, it's like already proving the field that they draft him, and now they're like, all right, we're building around you already. Um, this man is a tank in Telvin Jenkins. And then with their sixth-round pick, they picked up Daz Newsom, who probably yeah. not a lot of people know, but he's from North Carolina. And this dude is a speedster. Now... Granted, he's a six-round pick, so it's kind of hit or miss on whether or not he's going to be anything good. 
But if he is, you got to steal in the sixth round. Now, their other picks weren't the best. They went offensive line back-to-back. But granted, if I, I'm looking at their draft right now on NFL.com. They had a first and a second round pick, and then they didn't pick again until the fifth round. So for them to come away with a franchise quarterback and a, potentially a franchise left tackle, I feel like they absolutely killed the draft. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they, you also have to think they're thinking about trading Anthony Miller and they just lost Cordero Patterson, who's their number one returner. So yeah. getting Daz Newsome in the sixth round is absolutely huge for them. They also added their depth at running back. Got, I think Khalil Herbert's his name from Virginia yep. Tech. I think a lot of people slept on him. I was really high on him, and I thought that he could be at least a fourth rounder. They got him in the sixth round, so I think, I think he's going to end up doing really well. I'm pretty sure he fell. I think he set out last year, didn't he? I don't think so, because I remember him absolutely tearing up UVA. Oh, maybe he didn't. That might but have been last year. That's a good point. I didn't even think that they have lost their kick returner. I bet that's why they took Daz Newsom so that he could return, or even Herbert. Because they were taking, I mean, Herbert was taking sixth round, the 33rd pick, so 217. Daz Newsom was taking 221. So they were taking pretty similar together. Um, I like their draft a lot. And if Justin Fields pans out... That's all that matters, man. You got your franchise guy. Yeah, seriously. Um, Who's your second? So my second, obviously, I'm a huge Carolina Panthers fan. I'm going to be a homer here. I think it was the Panthers. So we watched the draft together, and initially when they drafted J.C. Horn at eight, I was a little down just because Justin Fields was sitting there, and I was like, he could be the guy. But the more, well, I watched it play out for the next three days, and I was just, the more I look at this draft, the more I fall in love with it. Obviously, they're just names. But to get J.C. Horn, who some consider the best corner, at eight. And then in the second round, you picked up Terrence Marshall Jr. from LSU, who people said could have been a first-rounder if it weren't for injury concerns. He's going to be your wide receiver three or four now. And then in the third, they picked up left tackle Brady Christensen from BYU. Obviously, he was guarding uh, Zach Wilson's blind side. If he can turn out to what people think he is, PFF had him graded as the best pass-blocking left tackle in the draft. Um, and then some later picks. I like Tommy Tribble in the third round, tight end. Chubba Hubbard is going to add good depth and like a third down scat back kind of out of the backfield if he can stay healthy. And then my favorite pick of the draft, which is a sixth rounder, which might be insane. But Deontay Brown, I think that's how you say his name, left guard from Alabama. This man is an absolute tank, Ryan. Have you seen pictures of him? I have. I wanted the Bills to draft him. He is a monster, dude. He is an absolute unit. And one of the best free agent uh, signings right after the draft, they signed some guy that is bigger than him from Gamble State. I don't even know his name, Ryan. This man, he's he has to be like 6'6", six, six, like 415 pounds. He is huge. So if those guys turn into anything, Carolina absolutely killed this draft. And look, they traded for Sam Donald. They're giving the man every weapon that he could possibly ask for. I mean, he's coming from a... Jets offense that had their best player was Jamison Crowder to Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall Jr. Now an upgraded offensive line along with a defense that's blossoming into a pretty good defense. I think there are no Buffalo Bills, but Carolina is on their path to becoming the Buffalo Bills of the NFC. Yeah, Sam Darnold was definitely sleeping a lot better this weekend than he slept in a long time. Knowing that he's got... He's already inherited a much better roster than he's ever had in New York. 
with the Panthers, and then they added on top of that. I thought I told Alex I complimented him the entire week, and I said the Panthers have had one of the best drafts I've ever seen. Yep. I think Tommy Tremble is going to be a beast. I'm actually about to draft him in our dynasty league, <laughs> so watch out for that. Um, you also got to think, think it has to be a little bit of a confidence boost for Justin Fields to be sitting there and Carolina be like, no, we're going to pass. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the fact that they were able to take their quarterback into the future and they chose him instead, and they recently just got, I think right before on Thursday, they traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos. So, yeah. So that was, I mean, all around, like, Sam Darnold was just living it up this weekend. I also think, um, one last thing on the Panthers, they set their franchise record for trade backs, I think, before Dude. Saturday even started. Um, yeah. I think they ended up trading back, it was something like seven or eight times. Like, at one point, I think they traded away two of their six-round picks, but at one point they had five six-round picks. They ended up with how many picks? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They ended up with eleven picks. So, you want to turn your team around really quick. I guess trading away your late-round picks for even later picks is the way to do it. I guess. Um, oh, yeah. I was like, they were... Your GM is on a roll right now, man. Yeah. He's he's doing something special up there. I'm falling in love with him. I'm telling you, the Legion of Boom 2.0 is starting down in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. You want to jump into your worst teams? Yeah. I'll make oh, mine. You wanna... What's up? I was going to say, did you want to grab first? I grabbed first last time. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Speaking of the Legion of Boom, I think the Seattle Seahawks absolutely embarrassed themselves with this draft, first of all. Obviously, I'm known as a Seahawks hater. I'm known as a Russell Wilson hater. But the man has been complaining about how he has no offensive line. And what do we do with our three picks, mind you? We have three picks in this draft. We're going to use our second-round pick on a wide receiver who's 5'9", 190 pounds. Now, granted, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan could be the next Tyreek Hill. But why are we spending in the second round pick 56, too? It wasn't even the bottom of the second round. We're going to take a wide receiver. When all Russell Wilson has been talking about all offseason is how he wants more help. Now he's tired of being sacked. Well, then what do we do in the fourth round? We go and take a corner. I like this move, actually. This is, might be the best move of their draft, which isn't saying much. But they get a corner who somewhat helps their defense. And then what do we do in the sixth round? We take an offensive tackle from Florida who is actually an animal. This man is 6'9", 315 pounds. But granted, we took him in the sixth round, so he can't be that good. I just don't understand. Yeah. We got him no protection. We didn't trade back. We didn't do anything. I just feel like it was a it was a waste of a draft. I feel like they, they went into it without a plan, and they just kind of threw things up against the board to see what would stick. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. I thought that they did an absolutely terrible job. Um, I mean, it's just... It baffles me that they're like, they've got Tyler Lockett under contract. They've got one of the best receivers in the league in DK Metcalf. And they're like, look, Russell, we got you another weapon. And it's like, they drafted that guy in the sixth round just to be like a scapegoat. Be like, we got you an offensive lineman. Yeah, it's just... It's just, it's horrendous. And speaking of teams that can't draft for crap, how about the Green Bay Packers? So you've got all this... All this nonsense with Aaron Rodgers in the news the day of the draft. And what are they – I mean, this is a super deep wide receiver class. They've got all the options in the world, and they draft – what is his name, Eric Stokes? Yeah. Eric Stokes, 
a corner that no one has heard of. Is he a corner or free safety? I he's can't a, remember. He's a corner, and basically his claim to fame is he's fast, and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, he's super athletic. So if he actually happens to intercept you, it's probably a pick six, but that's a big F. I thought this was an absolute horrible pick. I understand that corner was a need, but it wasn't that big of a need. You could have. There were other guys in the later rounds that could have easily filled Kevin King's nasty hole later on because Kevin King is terrible. He's the worst corner I've ever seen. He's Next so bad. Devontae Davis, of course. Um, but no, I think that uh, I I liked what they did later on because they got some offensive linemen to protect Rodgers. But I think Rodgers has already like got both feet out the door he's ready to go i, I mean just, I, I think that they had a chance to ma- at least make their case to aaron Rodgers because they didn't get to do much in free agency due to cap struggles but like this was their only chance to be like we're trying man and they screwed it up big time i mean if if i'm the gm of the of green bay and it comes out the day before the draft hey aaron Rodgers wants to leave he, he says i'm not coming back i'm gonna retire or i'm gonna be traded you have to go out yeah. there, and I'm not kidding. I think you have to spend the first three picks on wide receivers. Or a quarterback. No, no, no. You can't. No. no. Well, I mean, they had pick 29. Who are you going to get? David Mills? True. David I mean, Mills is I, your answer. I, you drafted Jordan. You Davis traded Mills. up last year for Jordan Love. He's supposed to be the guy. So, I have my quarterback waiting in the wings, apparently, who now there's rumors coming out they don't even like him. Um. I don't know. They, they look like idiots, especially when, before the draft, it comes out that the 49ers basically offered whatever they want for Aaron Rodgers, and they were like, yeah, no. Like, it just makes no sense to me. I, I agree with you. Like, I like that in the second round they went Josh Myers. He's an offensive guard from Ohio State. Cool. And then I like that – I like Amari Rodgers, the wide receiver from Clemson. It's just – I just feel like it's a bad look for you to just not – to draft a corner – especially after everything that's been going on with Rodgers. If you were the GM of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he wanted to be traded, would you trade him? Yeah, I would have accepted the 49ers offer. Yeah, same. I mean, he's yeah, he's the reigning MVP, but like he's also 37. So, he's if gonna he be, doesn't want to be there. He's going to be 38 before the season ends. I'm trying to look up what the offer to the Packers exactly was. I think it was. You told me it was revolving around Nick Bosa. I think I was close to true. I'm pretty sure I was wrong on that. So hang on. Um, hang on, I'm looking it up. Uh, what is it? Okay. Um, we need a sponsor. That way, when we look stuff up, we can just like right plug just it, in pop right it here. up there. Apparently, there is no formal offer. But the offer that I saw rumored was like the number three overall pick and then like first rounders in the next two drafts and Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. Which, granted, why would I I take Jimmy Garoppolo? But like, or I don't know. I feel like, so the news came out, what, a day before the draft? I feel like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, like, I would have been like, all right, you want to be traded? You don't want to play here? Fine. Aaron, the whole media, all everybody who wants to know, Aaron Rodgers is on the trade block. Best offer available gets him. It would have been like a dynasty draft like we're having right now with our friends. It would have been like that for Aaron Rodgers. Because if he right. makes it clear, hey, you're not, I'm not playing here, well, then 
yeah, I might as well get what I can. Because right now, if I had to guess, I think Aaron Rodgers retires. I don't think they're going to trade him. And I think he's going to retire and go be the host of Jeopardy. Which is a shame, because he was our MVP last season. I was about to say, I was telling someone who lives in my building today, I was like, this guy easily has like at least three to five good years. What's crazy is it reminds me of, I was little, but when Brett Favre did it. Yeah. When he would retire and then come out of retirement and then retire and come out of retirement. Now, I don't think Rodgers is going to do that, but I do think he's going to force his way out of Green Bay. Yeah. I really do. But I guess we'll cover that on the the episode later this week. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's up? And I I agree with you. We should talk about this later this week, but... What so chances are? Oh, I thought you were Rogers telling me Rogers just got traded or something, Ryan. The way you said no, that, no, I was no, like, no, "Are no. we breaking news this right is, now?" No, 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 no. no. Go this ahead. It's just a theory. So Rogers retires. Now, if only there was a really good quarterback in the league that needed a new home that has been dying for a new home. What if the Packers trade for Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson is so untradeable, Ryan, that it's not even like exactly. But but no one's trading for him right now, so they could easily get like so they could play Jordan Love this year because Deshaun Watson is probably not playing. But they could probably trade for Deshaun Watson for so cheap right now. They've no, got they Davis couldn't. Mills. They've got Tyrod Taylor. They don't like, have. They. I, I'm telling you, if he was that cheap, other teams would trade for him. But no one's doing it right now because a they either have a quarterback or b. They're not interested in all the drama. They've, I don't know. And you think I'm, the just, you just think a, the pa- you think the Packers who aren't willing to give Aaron Rodgers what he wants wants the drama of having, first of all, the black quarterback in Wisconsin that is also under fire off the field. It's just a thought, man. I I don't say I don't Ryan. think it's likely, but like what if, like what if we just had some fun and it happened. No, I love you, man, but that was one of the worst hot takes you've ever had, is that they're going to trade no, it's for not Deshaun. No, take. I'm just I'm spitballing. Like, I'm I like, mean, what if? Well, here's the problem. What are they going to trade? They, I don't think they have the assets. So unless all of a sudden Houston just has a change of heart and they're like, first-round pick gets him. Well, Dude, then Preston Smith and a first-round pick, see you later. Dude, you also have to think, like, the Texans love their linebackers and they love draft. Do you know? Linebackers. First of all, if they said if they traded him for Preston Smith in the first round, it might be the dumbest decision of all time. This is the same team that traded DeAndre Hopkins for, for a second, second round, round pick. pick. You're right. Okay, well, fair enough. But that's enough on the dysfunction of the Houston Texans. Did you give both of your bad teams or just one? I just gave one. Okay. Uh, my other one was going to be. Uh, did you give both of yours? No, I haven't given mine either. Oh, then I think you're up then because okay. you started. I'll make mine super quick. It was the Tennessee Titans. They took Caleb Farley in the first round. Man's had two back surgeries. He wasn't – most people consider him the best corner in the draft if he wasn't injured, but he's had two back surgeries in the last year. He's not worth the first-round pick. And then you're going to lose Corey Davis and John o. Smith and wait until the fourth round to take a wide receiver. Just Talk about it. seems pretty dumb to me. I mean, you took an offensive lineman in the second round. That's a good move, I guess. Monte Rice in the third – I mean, it's whatever. A DB in the third. I One of those two third-round picks to me should have been used on a wide receiver. And you're just going to wait until the sixth and the fourth round to take your wide receivers? I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on the Titans. Or not sleeping on them. I think a lot of people are hyping up the Titans, and I think they are not going to do that well this year. I, I think they lost a lot on the offensive side that 
people aren't talking about. I completely agree. Well, I'll also keep my my second one short. Um, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys and Cowboys fans. Please don't hate on me. Uh, I really liked the mindset of the draft. You know, clearly the defense was holding them back last year, and I think it's going to do the same thing this year. Um, You know, Dak's coming back, so, you know, that's a plus. But, you know, going after the defense, I mean, didn't you guys do that last year? Almost all of their picks were just straight defense. Every pick last year, all six of them, I think, were defense. I really liked that they did that, but I just felt like they were reaching a lot of times, like especially on day two. Yeah. Like getting um, Odigas Dua in the, I can't remember if it was the second or the third that they got him in, but like he was definitely like a day four pick. Yeah. Um, I just, I really loved that they got Mar- Micah Parsons, but after that, like I couldn't say that I like truly loved the pick, which is why, I mean, I just felt like reaching for every pick has to get you in the worst category. I agree. I agree for sure. Um, Moving on, because uh, obviously we can't spend all day talking on our favorite and worst draft picks. We're going to move on to what do you think the biggest slap in the face to an already NFL starter drafting his replacement was for this year's draft? Well, I think we're in agreement. Um, I actually have a different one if you want to use that one. Yeah, perfect. Okay. I'd love to hear it. I'm excited to see what you're going to say. Um well, Alex and I were in agreement at the beginning of the show that Kellen Mond for the Minnesota Vikings was the biggest slap in the face to Kirk Cousins. Uh, just because, you know, that to me, that came out of completely left field because I was not expecting them to go quarterback at all. So I, when they did... And they just extended Cousins. That and the report that came out that we mentioned earlier that they were actually looking to trade up for fields. Yeah. It was like, Kellen Mond, like that's... You that's know, one thing. thing because like he's a, he's a backup. Yeah, like that's easy. Like Kirk Cousins will beat him out in a competition, but Justin Fields, that would be like a legitimate like quarterback competition. So like oh, that, if they would have traded like, up for Fields, they would have had to. Fields would have played. You don't draft a quarterback yeah. that high for him not to play. So, I agree with you. I think it's just I think Kirk Cousins already seems like a relatively sensitive quarterback and for you to go ahead and take his replacement is just kind of like dude we can't yeah. do this also for being honest the vikings have a lot of holes you could have used that third round pick on a better player in my opinion but yeah. um my biggest slap in the face actually comes from the first round and i think that me and you overlooked this one earlier when we were talking pre-show i think it's the jack jacksonville jaguars taking travis Etienne with the 25th overall pick after James Robinson comes out and has a thousand yard rushing season as a rookie, we're just going to be like, eh, not good enough. Trevor Lawrence wants his guy here. You're now the backup. Like, I don't know. They came out and said that ETN's going to be the third down back, so they're going to be splitting carries. But still, it's just like, come on, dude. You're going to spend a first round pick after you. I think James Robinson was either undrafted or like a fifth round pick last year. So. Yeah, he was undrafted. You found a gem in, you found a diamond in the rough and you're going to use a first round pick just to make your new franchise quarterback happy. It just doesn't make sense to me. I love the case and I love that you brought that up cuz I thought that was a perfect perfect example of a slap in the face. However, I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'm going to defend the Jaguars real quick. So, you you brought it up. James James Robinson had a phenomenal 2020 season. Yeah. But he was an undrafted free agent. And, you know, nothing against 
guys who go late, you know, I saw on draft day, I think they showed like a percentage where like 65% of the guys currently playing in the NFL were day three picks or later. Yeah. So obviously those guys make up a huge chunk of the current NFL, but at the same time at an important position like that, like running back, do you really want an undrafted free agent leading the team? Just saying like, so I know that he had a great we're season gonna give it to a, We're going to give it to a rookie? I would get okay. So, I just like this is I just get, me defending. I'm not. I don't know what school James Robinson went to, but I don't think it was Power Five. No. But I'd rather give it to a Power Five powerhouse Travis Etienne, who like destroyed all records at Clemson, than I would this guy who just happened to have a good season under a terrible coach last year. Like, there's. I guess the point I'm getting at is consistency. Like, is this guy going to have a good 2021 season under a new offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I'm trying to figure out what college James Robinson went to. Um, I get what you're saying. I I just think that to use a first-round pick, I feel like there were better options out yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't like the move, but I also didn't hate the move. So I, I agree with you there. I think it was a slap in the face of James Robinson, but I, I did have to defend the Jags a little bit there. But uh, this is also me thinking that Travis Etienne isn't that good of a running back. I think if you look at his college tape, he had a lot of really open holes um, when they were up by a lot. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, yeah, I was about to say, I think it's going to require a really good offensive line, and that's something that I don't really know that the Jaguars have. I don't think they can give him what he had in college. So Although, I, agree with you. I will praise the Jaguars for a second. Hot take that we can talk about on a future episode. Jacksonville's winning that division, but we can move on. Whoa. Um, I'm I'm just I'm calling my shot right now. If I'm that's a, a steamy take. If I'm a betting man, I'd say that they're gonna win. But we don't we don't want to make our episode too long, so we'll move on. Um, <laughs> a little spice for the next one. Who do you think the <laughs> biggest game changer of this draft? So like, guy that could come in and instantly impact a team was from this year's draft. I've got a few that I'm kind of tugging at. I got a lot and too. I, I think. I'm actually going to go on the defensive side of the ball, um, and I'm going in the second round. Ooh. And we've this is actually a guy we've already mentioned on the show tonight. I'm going to go with Asante Samuel. I think that is a guy that is going to start from day one. He's going to be a stud, and he's going to be a candidate for defensive player of the year. Okay. I like it. I actually, I'm going to give a couple. So if you want to give a couple too, you can. All right. Yeah, shoot. Um, I'm going to go first. Now, I think a lot of people were giving them shit for taking a running back in the first round, but I'm going to go Najee Harris. I think that if he is as good as people think he is, who most people think that he could be the next, um, why can't I think of his name, Derrick Henry, Um, I think that he's really going to help out this offense. Because if you think about it, James Conner has been okay for a few years, but for you to take a, a running back in the first round at 24 overall for the Steelers, I think he really has to perform. And I just think Najee Harris has it, man. He seems like he could be the guy that could really bring back that old-school Pittsburgh offense where they're just grounding and pounding and then taking the top off with Juju and Claypool and all those guys. So I think that's really going to help open up that offense. So if you want to give us a, another one, you can. Yeah, uh, and just piggybacking off of what you just said, I think that Harris is going to be what James Conner was supposed to be in Pittsburgh. I agree. I agree. Um, but... Going off of that, I think the biggest game changer, 
I'm trying to think of another one that I think can like just instantly like pop, pop the top off. I, I it sounds cliche because he was like the first skill position player off the board, but I really want to go with Jamar Chase. I think he's really going to open up the Bengals offense. That um, is shocking to me. Why? Well, I think it was one of the worst picks of the draft. And not because it's Chase, just because I don't think that it was a need for that team. I don't think that it is going to help improve that team drastically. I don't know. You've got a guy like A.J. Green leaving the room, and, you know, Tyler Boyd is great, and T. Higgins is great, but, like, do they really have, like, a solid number one? And to me, that answer is no. And, you know, that also goes back to the draft strategy of, like, not really drafting for need, but just drafting the best player available. And I think that Jamar Chase has a lot of good intangibles, and I think that he can be really good in the league. Okay, so I agree with you when it comes to best player available. There is one team in this draft that should not have drafted best player available and should have went need, and it is the Cincinnati Bengals. So do you, you, you like Sewell there? I also really like Sewell. Anybody. The Bro, they could have taken freaking Alex Leatherwood, and I would have been like, well, I mean, it wasn't that bad of a pick. Like... <laughs> okay, granted, that would have been a pretty that would have been a pretty bad pick, but yeah, I think it's obvious. But Sewell should have went there. I think if you look at Joe Burrow's knee, bro, that picture that they put out of their new uniforms and that scar that's from the top of his knee all the way down, like that has to give you nightmares as a Bengals fan. I love Chase. I think he's by far the best wide receiver in this draft, well and above Waddle and um, Devontae Smith. I just think that that team desperately needed an uh, offensive line. But I could be wrong. Are you there? Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I think... So you you were saying that you you think that he's going to be the number one for sure? Not for sure. I just think that he gives them a better leg. I don't know. The more balls you throw on the wall, the more likely one will stick, you know? Yeah. That's true. I mean, obviously, they're doing... They're giving him all the weapons in the world. He just needs a line now. Which, if you think about it... I'm going to assume that they're going to go line from now on in the draft for a while. At least. Um, another guy that I think could really help impact a team. I think there's a couple, like I genuinely think um, JC Horn's going to help Carolina a lot. I think he could be that lockdown corner. And I heard a lot of people talking that they're going to probably switch. So they played a lot of zone last year. JC Horn is a man to man press corner. And it seems like they're trying to switch their offense around a little bit to have him guard the number one receiver and then have um, Dante Jackson as more of a like roaming corner in the background. I think that's a nice pick. I also really like... Now, this all depends if they thrust him into being a starter. I think that Trey Lance, if he is the guy that San Francisco thinks he is, could turn this team instantly into one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the league. Because he adds a whole level of mobility and just freak athleticism. He reminds me of if he can have the rookie season that Cam Newton had, he reminds me of that, but a little bit more accurate and safe with the ball. Yeah. Obviously, I went all first-round guys, but those are my guys. I got one more late-round guy that might might be a big game-changer. All right, let's talk about it. Just because... Um, you know, the 49ers are so running back committee heavy. I like Trey Sermon from Iowa, Ohio State. I love this um, pick. Yeah, it was – I the fact that he fell to them was insane. I think he's going to absolutely crush it. I drafted him in that dynasty yep. league, and I'm ready for him to carry me. 
I Trey love Sermon's that. Be a Especially because you know that they drafted him to play. Because San Francisco, if there's one team that rotates running backs like I've never seen before, it's that yeah. San Francisco team. I love that choice by you, Ryan. That's great. When you also have to think, like, the only thing standing in his way is Raheem Mostert. They don't have Breida anymore. They Who just gets lost hurt. Tevin Coleman. And they just lost Jared Col- or Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. And uh, so. he, uh, Mostert, I don't think, has finished the season. So, he might play more than we think he's going to play. And he was good at Ohio State. He was really good. Dude, he's a monster. Um, so, to wrap up tonight's episode, I think we're going to go with... Who do we think is going to be the biggest busts of this draft? Now, do you want to do, like, one each or multiple? I've got a few in mind, man, but you go ahead and start. I got two or three. I think we're going to disagree on this one a lot, but I'm go in top five of this draft, and I think it's Zach Wilson. I like it. I If you look at Zach Wilson's college stats, he's never beaten a good team. In fact, the one bowl game he was in, they were down. He couldn't bring them back. I think he's already – and I, obviously I think it has nothing to do with – well, it does have to do some with him, but I think he's being put in a terrible position with the Jets. Granted, they upgraded a ton over this week. Just in free agency and – the draft still they're one of the worst teams in the league bottom 10 team in the league he's gonna have to come in and expect to put up numbers right away as a rookie especially in new york the jets have a lot to ride in on this kid and i just wonder if he has it in him to be the guy like you look at trey lance he's confident you look at uh trevor lawrence more confident than ever uh, justin fields can stand in the pocket deliver balls take injuries the man is confident zach wilson Reminds me of Mitchell Trubisky, and not in a good way. But that's just my opinion. It is. I like the pick overall as a bust, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna refute yeah, it a little no, bit. No, go ahead. I think, that's... That he is, I think he's going into coaching wise one of the best situations because you have to remember Robert Sala has Mike Lafleur as oh. an offensive coordinator. Not okay. only is he a Shanahan guy. He's also a LaFleur guy, Yep. being the brother of Green Bay's head coach, Matt LaFleur. So this guy is an offensive-minded, just absolute guru. I mean, I understand that the, the 49ers weren't that great this year, but that's also because of they were just completely de- devastated by injuries. But I think from a coaching standpoint, he's in a really good spot. And if he can get past that and get past the fact that he's a small school guy, I feel like he's got a chance, but... You know, if I did have to put my finger on a quarterback that was going to be a bust in this draft, it would 100% be Zach Wilson. So I do agree with you, buddy. I, I also, one last thing, I think that it doesn't help the division he plays in has three really good defenses. Yeah, absolutely. So, he's going to get he's going to get the work from every single defense. Yeah, that's six games Buffalo's. a year that you're getting really tough defenses. Not to mention, we play the uh, your division, the NFC South this year, so they've got to put up with the uh, the Buccaneers' defense, the Saints' defense, which is really good. Atlanta, which is just there. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you something. guys who improved immensely on defense. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they've got. To, he's going to have to play a lot of good defenses. Who's one of your other busts? No, no, you got to go. I went. You got to give me at least one. Oh, that's true. I, I piggybacked so much on yours that I <laughs> forgot that I hadn't given one yet. You're good, man. Um, I'm actually sticking in the top 10 as well. Ooh. I'm going with the number six pick, Jalen Waddell. 
to the Miami Dolphins. Thank you. Dude, there's... Yes. Okay, so there have been four Alabama wide receivers go in the first round in the last two years. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. I think of those four guys, excuse me, Jalen Waddell's by far the worst one. I don't, like, first off, injuries is a huge problem. Second of all, I don't even think this was that big of a need for the Dolphins. They've got Devontae Parker, they've got Will Fuller, and they've got Preston Williams. So they've already got their three best receivers there. I mean, obviously, I think Waddell could potentially steal that wide wide receiver three spot from Williams. But, like, still, like, I don't think this guy's going to pan out too well in the league. I think Dolphins are going to be kicking themselves that they let Penny Sewell slide right by him. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of the pick. I'm not a big fan of the player. Like, I'm not a big scouting guy, but I did watch a little bit of film on this guy, and I wasn't too impressed. Yeah. He seems like a one-trick pony. I agree. He seems like uh, John Ross 2.0, honestly, yeah. in my opinion. He's really fast, but other than that, I don't see a lot from him. Um, my next one, I'm going to go with – ooh, I have two, but I don't mm, – I'm going to go with a guy that we've already talked about. He's a little injury prone. I'm going to keep it safe. It's Caleb Farley. We talked about him earlier, the corner from uh, Virginia Tech. He got drafted by the Titans. The man has all the talent in the world, but he can't stay healthy to save his life. I think he's going to end up being an injury bust. Not even the fact that he can't play. I just don't know if he's going to be on the field enough. Yeah, he's going to be one of those guys that like you really just wish was on the field because he would make a difference, but he just can't stay healthy. Exactly. I really like that pick. Uh, he was actually on my list. I um, So I'm actually going to go with someone on my team. I'm going to go with our first-round pick. I don't know if he's going to be – I really don't know how to feel. I'm Overall, I'm excited about the Right, I'm freaking out, bro, because I was literally debating between him and uh, Caleb Farley. So, go ahead. We're on the same wavelength, man. <laughs> I will, so, I'm going to unveil the player. It's Greg Russo yes. from the Buffalo Bills. Um, I love the pick. I think that under our coaching staff, specifically McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Eric Washington, and then sitting behind, you know, seasoned veterans like Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, this guy has all the tools in the world to be able to be really good. He's also, you know, coming out of a 2019 season where he had 15 and a half sacks, which is only comparable to Chase Young that year. He was the only other guy that had that number of sacks, and Chase Young won defensive player of the year last year. So, like, I don't know. I feel like he could potentially be one of the best players in this draft, but he can also be potentially one of the worst. Yep. So I'm hesitant. I really don't like putting my own team's pick on here. I'm, and I'm really excited about Russo. I'm just very skeptical. I think there's also the fact that he's going from Miami to Buffalo. Is he going to be able to stay? Like, obviously, I know nothing about it. I mean, his off-the-field problem. But, like, that's a lot to stay focused if you're in Buffalo and you're used to Miami. Also... There's a lot of guys in that rotation for Buffalo on the defensive end and defensive line. Could he get lost in the shuffle and just be one of the one of the other guys? But granted, like you said, he could also end up being the best defensive end in the draft. So it's kind of hit or miss with him. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm good. I don't have anybody else. What about you? The only one, so I've got absolutely zero evidence on this guy. This is just like a guy I've got a gut feeling about. Are you ready to hear it? Sure. 
So yeah, the 24th pick overall to the Minnesota Vikings. It's Christian Derisaw. I've just got a weird feeling about this guy. I don't think he's going to be a franchise left tackle. I see him as like a pretty decent right tackle at best, but I just, I got a weird feeling about this guy. I don't I think agree he's going to be that good. Plus he was the left tackle of Virginia Tech. So like. Yeah, I've got literally zero evidence. So if like someone tries to come at me in the comments, you're like, you don't know this guy. Like, you're right. I absolutely know nothing about this guy. I've got no evidence, but like based off of what I've seen from him, I just, I got a weird feeling. I don't think he's going to make it in the league. Yeah, I mean, I I also get that feeling about Alex Leatherwood. I I think first of all he was drafted too high, so he's gonna come in with huge expectations, and I just don't. I I think he could end up being like a, uh, like a, Bobby Hart type offensive tackle. Like I just think he's not gonna be that good. Yeah. Well, you got anything else before we wrap this episode up? As I prematurely I play so. the music. <laughs> By accident? <laughs> I don't think so, man. I just uh, just stick with us, guys. We're get, I know we've taken a, a bit of a long break, but we're back. We're going to be getting this out consistently. So so bear with us because we've got some good shows to come. Yeah, we're going to try and hit it hard and hit it fast. I get that. I'm not okay. Well, yep. You guys have a, have a good rest of your <laughs> week. It's been real, guys.